Step three. Oh, how good is Steph Curry? On one, James. Oh, you LeBron drops the anvil. It's time for Under the Hood Basketball Pod with Jay Hood. What's up, everybody? Welcome in to the Under the Hood Podcast with me, Jay Hood. As we talk about the Bulls in the NBA, we got a special guest coming up, Scoop B, for the first time ever. Scoop B from Valley Sports is going to be with us. But first, let you know that you can find the Under the Hood Podcast on the ESPN Chicago app, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. Look for Under the Hood with me, Jay Hood. The trade deadline is Thursday, but I got to talk about Kyrie Irving. Man, so Kyrie Irving is done. He is leaving Brooklyn to go to the Dallas Mavericks in a blockbuster deal. And my whole thing with Kyrie Irving is Kyrie Irving is that chick, that chick that you give flowers to, that you court, you spend time with, you are able to meet her family. Everything is kosher. It's a great relationship. And then all of a sudden she says, nah, I don't want this. Everything's copacetic, as they say. And then Kyrie Irving says, no, I don't want this. In Brooklyn, think about the big three. You had James Harden, you had Kevin Durant, and you had Kyrie Irving on the same team. And what happens? What happens? James Harden says, nah, I want out. Kyrie Irving, while Kevin Durant is hurt, says, no, I want out. And there he is, Kevin Durant, standing in the middle of his mansion, just like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air saying, where did everybody go? Where did everybody go? Ben Simmons is around. The point is, though, is that this Brooklyn team was supposed to be a team that everyone feared. And guess what? They're not feared. They're laughed at now. It seems interesting that every time Kevin Durant goes someplace, players are like, nah, I want to go someplace else away from Kevin Durant. Is it Durant? Is it Kyrie Irving? All I know is that with this whole deal with Kyrie Irving going to the Dallas Mavericks, I'm here to tell you this will not work. I know that looks good on paper, but Mark Cuban has to look at his team and say, when will I win another championship? You won't win another championship because you don't have Dirk Nowitzki. Dallas is a really good basketball team, but that's it, just really good. This increases their chances to be able to go someplace else in the playoffs, maybe the semifinals. I'm not sure about the finals, but remember, Luka Doncic is that dude. He is an incredible player, and then you have Kyrie Irving's skill set. Remember, I'm talking about Kyrie, the basketball player now. He, when he is locked in, he's one of the best guards in our league. But then he's working with a dominant player like Luka Doncic. How those two coexist everywhere that Kyrie goes, whether it's the Cavaliers, whether it's Boston, whether it's the Nets, in this situation, a lot of times it just does not work. It implodes. Will Kyrie Irving actually play the games? Well, he's just like, nah, I'll take 10 days off. Nah, I want to get traded. Nah, I just don't want to be here anymore. Uh, I'm just not going to. I feel injured. All I know is that Kyrie Irving is a terrific player once he's on the floor. How consistent will he be for the Dallas Mavericks? Well, we're going to find out. I just know that if you're KD, you're just looking around like, okay, so when will I get traded? As I mentioned, we'll talk to Scoop B about that coming up in a little bit. That's my number one topic. Kyrie forces a trade out of Brooklyn and get to the Mavericks. And then what? Let's move on now to what's happening with the Chicago Bulls. You know, I'm watching this Chicago Bulls team, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, this Bulls team is good, but not great. So who's expendable? Is it DeRozan or is it Levine? Both players are trying to coexist both players have two different styles. We know Zach Levine can be able to score the ball. 
We also know that Zach Levine had two knee surgeries on that same knee. I'm not saying that he's going down with injury. What I'm saying is, is that if you're going to trade Zach Levine, other teams know what's going on with that knee. I'll give Zach Levine a lot of credit. Unlike a lot of superstars in the NBA, Levine continues to play. Whether it's a win or a loss, Levine is trying to give his all. But so is DeMar DeRozan. And DeMar DeRozan is an all-star. Is there shade from Zach Levine? What does he think about that? I mean, here's DeRozan being an all-star. I'm sure Levine with the side eyes like, um, what about me? What about me? I'm wondering if Levine looks at it like that because you know how that works in the locker room, right? Everyone respects DeMar DeRozan's game because he is great from the mid-range. But you know that that's not necessarily the NBA today. You know the NBA is about threes. It's about layups. It's also about being able to get into the paint and score. But here's what I like about DeRozan's game. I just think that it's pretty solid. If you can make a deal for Zach Levine, you go ahead and try to get that done. But what do you get back in return? I would just say that if you're going to trade DeRozan or Levine, and if you're going to trade Levine, go ahead. But where are you after that? Are you definitely better if you trade Zach Levine today or right before the trade deadline? You can make the deal, but then what? If it's DeRozan, you could trade DeRozan. Now you don't have 20, 25 points a game. You don't have that smooth game that he has. But then what happens then? All I know is that there were some dumb losses already this season. Before we get to the All-Star break, when I say dumb losses, I mean games that were in the balance that the Bulls should have been able to win based on their personnel. October 28th against San Antonio. Just a game. And I'll tell you that story, by the way. So I'm vacationing in Austin, Texas. The Bears are playing the Dallas Cowboys. And I'm in Austin. And so I'm with a whole bunch of group of friends. They're watching the Bears game against the Cowboys. I get to Austin, and I'm just like, ah, I'm just dead. I'm tired. And I look on my phone, and I look over, and I'm like, oh, my God, the Bulls are in town. (laughs) I'm in Austin had no idea. Austin and San Antonio, it's no more than an hour and a half drive. You know what? It was the Bulls. I didn't even make the drive. I didn't even make the the attempt to go to San Antonio to see the Bulls because I knew the Bulls would fall short against a team that's trying to tank. October 28th against San Antonio, dumb loss. On November 18th against Orlando, 108-107, no reason for the Bulls to lose that game, but they did. November 25th against Oklahoma City, overtime game, 123-119. to Why did the Bulls lose to a team that's trying to tank? The Atlanta Hawks game, 123-122 in that game. That was back on December 11th. You know what the problem was? Bulls didn't box out at the, at the most crucial time. They were able to get a layup, the Hawks. Uh, and that was the end. I think it was Adrian Griffin's son that had a layup right at the end, and then the Bulls lost that game at Atlanta. Of course, December 26th against Houston. Houston's trying to tank. Bulls lose 133-118. to 118. It made no sense the way Houston was running up and down the floor on the Chicago Bulls in that game. And a game against Charlotte on uh, January 26th, 111-96 at the Hive. Again, the Bulls have the personnel, but the problem is they don't guard. That's the ugly secret about Chicago Bulls basketball. They don't guard. Billy Donovan's teams in Oklahoma City, some of his teams in college, they just do not guard. And so we could talk about personnel all you want, but the point is, though, is that the Bulls have enough scoring, but if you're giving up points on the other end, it's just not getting it done. I'm not trying to fire Billy Donovan, but what I'm here to tell you, Bulls fans, is this, that something has to change with this Bulls team. Something has to change. Trade Zach Levine. Trade DeRozan. But pick a lane because it's either you're going to tank and get rid of these players or you're going to add on. What I would say is, is that if you want to trade Zach Levine, go right ahead. But you got to be able to get that those points. You got to have more of a team 
element for Billy Donovan. Someone that can guard some of these guards in the league. Somebody that can be able to stop people in the paint. I've had enough of this. Let's go to number three. Oh, man. Let's talk about LeBron James. LeBron James is on the precipice of breaking Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record. He is awesome. His career has been amazing. I know that there's a lot of Jordan files, not just in Chicago, but all over the world that says, no, Michael Jordan was the best. And I don't disagree with that. But I still think that at the same time, you can be able to give LeBron James his flowers. I want you to think about LeBron James' career. Since playing in high school, cover is a cover story on Sports Illustrated. His games are on ESPN called by Dick Vitale. Everything he went through from high school going to the pros, being with the Cavaliers, making his decision to go to South Beach and play for the Miami Heat in that big three, to being with the Cavs, winning a championship in Cleveland, and then going to Los Angeles. Where's the scandal? Where's the scandal? Where, where's the question marks about LeBron James? You, there, are, there are no question marks about LeBron James in my mind because he's going to do something that I never thought that we'd see. We see a guy here that's on the on – the, uh, has an opportunity now to be able to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And I guess the question is, and this is from John Hollinger. I read this from The Athletic. I think that you'll find this interesting as far as trying to change the conversation about LeBron James. LeBron James is an all-time great, whether or not you want to be able to admit that or not. But I thought it was a great article by John Hollinger from The Athletic talking about how this record here of being able to have the most points in the NBA, that's maybe a record that, won't, that will not be broken. I want you to think about this. And again, go to John Hollinger and check, check it out. He was talking about how when you look at NBA players today, who's playing a full 82-game season? Who's, who's always in games trying to score the ball? There was a time before all this load management that LeBron just continued to play. He continued to score. But what about today's players? There are healthy players that sit out and don't play a full 82 games. Where if you can get someone that's averaging around 60 games played, 70 games played, that's good. But maybe this record with LeBron James will never be touched because LeBron was playing a lot and played a lot by not being injured. What about today's players? Do you think that Jason Tatum will be able to, to get that? Do you think Luka Doncic? Do you think Jokic? Do you think Giannis? Think about all the great players in the NBA. Do you think that they'll ever be able to reach the level of, of LeBron or Kareem to surpass the all-time scoring record? I think not. Once LeBron has this cemented, I think he's going to be up there for quite a while. The only way that someone's going to be able to surpass that number is if people play, if players play, and if players are averaging 30 or 35 points a game and playing with a ruthless aggression. Will we see that in the NBA post-LeBron? I don't think so. As Scoop B is with us, the NBA insider for Valley Sports. You can follow Scoop on Twitter, at Scoop B. He joins us right here on Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Scoop B, thanks so much for your time. My brother, thank you for having me. Um, I'm glad to talk to you, mm-hmm. and uh, we talked offline about it being a long time coming. I meant that. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolutely. I, I just wanted to pick your brain on a couple of things as we're on the precipice of the trade deadline for the NBA. Let's start with Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving now is a Dallas Maverick. Can you tell us from your insight what was the breakdown between Kyrie and Brooklyn and the same thing for Brooklyn's ownership and Joe Tsai and why Kyrie is expendable from their standpoint? 
Well, the larger part of it was the deal, uh, the extension, but as much as it was the larger deal or the larger issue, it wasn't. Um, their relationship kind of, uh, meaning Josiah and Kyrie Irving's, uh, from my understanding and conversations that I've had, broke down back in October uh, when Kyrie tweeted that link. Uh, but it was even broken down way before then. There was just a difference in um, in philosophy. Um, when Kyrie tweeted that link about Amazon, or, or rather on Amazon, about the Hebrews to Negroes, um, if you recall, Josiah got ahead of it and tweeted, uh, his displeasure with it. And from folks that I've spoken with across the league, um, there were a lot of owners who felt as though that was very premature and that he should have had a conversation. Now, on the Irving side, uh, I, I'm told that um, Josiah has said that you know he reached out, but I've heard that he didn't reach out in the way that it was described um, and that ultimately um, Kyrie respects him as his employer, but that's not his buddy or that's not his friend. And so certain conversations were had about, um, you know, just Josiah's connectivity to different stars. And um, I've been told that some people feel like, well, um, or specifically to Josiah, you know, that's, he wants to show off and make it seem like that's his best friend or that they're cool. And, you know, Kai's got a life outside of basketball. And, you know, he's not the most connective on the phone. And, um, you know, basically – um, it, it, the way it was painted to me is that uh, he and Cy just didn't have a relationship and Cy wanted more and Kai kind of just treated him as his boss and that's how he was when he was um, at work and then when he was home he had his life, his family, his kids and more um, and ultimately the Nets didn't want to pay him um, the money because he wasn't available so there was this, this, this philosophy and I was getting that information back in the summertime where, you know, when Kai is on the floor, he's effective. Um, but then on the net side, well, he's not on the floor. You take into consideration uh, the suspension after January 6th and, um, you know, the whole COVID mandate thing and more. The nets were often, uh, the way it was described on the Irving side, using uh, the portion of him not being available as the reason why they didn't want to pay him. And then ultimately, um, last week or so, when you know the, both Irving and the Nets were communicating about a potential deal, uh, it was more of the same. The Nets basically told him, listen, um, we'll, we'll give you an extension, but it's going to be incentive-laden based upon whether the Nets win a championship. And, um, you know, Kyrie felt very disrespected about it. And, you know, Sean Marks wasn't budging on certain things. Uh, and Josiah wasn't budging on certain things. It just, it was a marriage that needed to end. And uh, here we are. Dallas is, is, is the honeymoon. I guess the other side of it is, what does Kevin Durant think of all of this? This is supposed to be the reincarnation of the big three, add Ben Simmons to the mix, and then here we go. And now look at what's happening. Again, even before that, James Harden was supposed to be part of this, and he jetted. So what happens now with Kevin Durant? What is he thinking, you think? Well, I haven't spoken to Kevin um, or anyone around him. Um, so I don't want to speak for him, but if, if I'm Kevin, I, I would imagine that I'd feel away because, um, you know, ultimately um, he stuck out his neck last summer as it related to requesting that trade. Um, and then ultimately um, it, when it comes down to just 
the partnership that Kai and Kevin had, it was an incomplete. Nobody saw COVID coming, um, and nobody necessarily saw that that dead link uh, that Kai tweeted coming and all of the drama that came with it. Um, but I'll tell you that, you know, those two guys had craftfully put together a plan uh, to bring a championship to the borough of Brooklyn, and it just didn't happen that way. And that's unfortunate. Um, you, and and, and it, it's gut-wrenching because you look at the Warriors who won a championship last year, and if I'm Kevin, I feel like, well, damn, I came all the way to New York for this. <laughs> right. And my team won another championship after. Um, you know, it, it, it makes you kind of just observe, pause, reflect, and kind of, again, say, damn, like, this is what I signed up for. So it's, I, if I'm him, I'm disappointed. As it relates to Ben Simmons, um, you know, he came to Brooklyn because, you know, Harden wanted out. And I, I'd be remiss if I didn't, again, you know, include um, one of the main reasons why Harden asked out of Brooklyn uh, was because of the relationship with Steve Nash. Um, a lot of guys on that team, not just uh, Harden, not just Kai, did not connect with Steve Nash. I, I spoke to somebody uh, who was a net over the last couple of years. I won't name names, mm-hmm. but I said to them, yo, they miss you in Brooklyn. And that particular former player said to me, well, I don't miss them. Sugar <laughs> honey iced tea. I'm living my best life yeah. where I am. Yeah. It's about your mental health in that situation, right? You want to go where you're happiest. So I get that. So, yeah. so Scooby, you know, here in Chicago, I mean, we're just the team's just stuck in the mud. I just want to know, based on who you've talked to, what is the national opinion of the Bulls? And as we get closer to the deadline, what can they do to increase their chances of getting into the playoffs? Um, the national perspective of the Chicago Bulls is they just deal with a lot of injuries, and it's like you got two stars in Levine and and DeRozan, but. Where where the wins come from? Uh, you know, I, I I don't think that the Bulls um, are a bad team on paper, but their 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 connectivity the last couple of years uh, and the, and the rankings don't match up. I, I feel that same way about the Washington Wizards. So like the Washington Wizards comparatively, and the Bulls have so many similarities as far as adult roster. They're just not able to finish what they started. And um, in order to get better. They need a healthy Lonzo Ball, um, who to me, um, you know, and, and Kobe White shared this with me uh, out in Paris um, uh, prior to that game. He said, you know, when when Lonzo Ball does eventually come back, we get a, a, a bona fide defender and a deep ball threat. Um, but, you know, Lonzo's got to be there. You know, Lonzo and I have spoken, uh, and, you know, he shared with me that he's taking his time in this process. And, um, you know, ultimately – his mental health is important, and he's, and he's in a good place, but he's got to be healthy. You've seen videos on Instagram of him, um, you know, moving and grooving and, and getting on the exercise bike and dunking. But as you know, everybody has a mixtape in the preseason yes. of NBA season, and <laughs> they look good in video. But, you know, we got to see what the product is on the floor, and I wish that brother well uh, in his recovery process. But, you know, I, ultimately, I, I think the Bulls need a couple of things. Uh, they need a, a, another swingman to, to spell them in minutes, uh, meaning the DeRozan and, and, and Levine. Um, I, I've always felt uh, that 
Matisse Thibel would fit that mold defensively uh, for the Bulls. I know that the Bulls uh, last season um, was were having conversations uh, with Philadelphia at some point. I know Arturis Carnesso comes from uh, the Philadelphia uh, 76ers system uh, with Elton Brand and, and others. But um, I, I think ultimately um, they also need uh, a, 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 another bona fide power force last center. I like Vooch, um, but I'm interested to see whether, um, you know, he ultimately stays long term. Um, I also think that Andre Drummond is under utilized um you saw what he could do uh, back in december when he played against the dallas mavericks uh without luca of course at the time but um i i really do i think that the bulls have some pieces they just haven't been able to put all those pieces to the puzzle together scooby lastly um based on who you've been talking to and some rumors that's out there regarding trades as we get close to the trade deadline is there a team that's desperate to be able to improve to get themselves solidified in the playoffs a team that you've been hearing the buzzing around well, prior to this conversation, it was the Dallas Mavericks, and you yes. saw what happened there. Yeah. Um, as, as it relates to other teams, um, the Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. um, as well as um, I think the Brooklyn Nets are still looking to uh, make deals um, with the, the the surplus, the war chest of picks that they now have. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers, um, are, are, I think, will make smaller moves. Um, I, I don't see them making gargantuan moves. Um, and I, I, I still think the 76ers will make small moves um, and, and really small moves to cut down uh, their salary cap space, less names, more numbers. So um, those are some of the teams that, from folks that I've spoken with across the league. Um, you know, the DeAndre Ayton conversation, uh, I spoke to um, someone uh, in the know uh, tied to the Suns big man and, uh, you know, they shared with me that the Suns will not move him um, at the trade deadline. Uh, and, um, yeah, those are just some of the things that I'm still gathering and hearing. Scoopy, I'm glad we were able to connect and uh, be able to talk about the NBA, especially with the trade di- deadline coming up. I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Brother, thank you for the opportunity to be myself. Brandon Robinson, Scoop B with us here. You can again watch him on Bally Sports and find, of course, online at Bally Sports. And, of course, ScoopB.com is where you can find Scoop B as well on the Under the Hood podcast. Thank you. Let's do it again, man. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Don't forget to hit me up on Instagram, IGJHood. I want to find out your thoughts about the Bulls and the NBA here on Under the Hood. I cannot wait for the trade deadline. Next time we'll talk, we'll talk about the trade deadline. Will the Bulls make a move? Yeah, I think they're trading Alex Caruso. Will they do anything else? I don't think so. As much as I think it's time to be able to make some major changes, if you're Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley, I kind of think they're not going to do much because it's the Chicago Bulls after all. And I'm really looking forward to some of these other teams and what they do to try to get themselves in a position to win. Thanks so much for checking out Under the Hood with me, Jay Hood. Hit me up on Instagram at IGJHood. I can't wait to find out your thoughts on what's going on with the Chicago Bulls and the NBA on the Under the Hood podcast.